You've joined us here on another episode of Inspired by Yarra. This is a podcast created and dedicated to enhancing, connecting and inspiring the Yarra Valley Grammar community and beyond. So wherever you're listening from today, I want to thank you for tuning in. My name is Paul Joy and I'm delighted to be your host and each episode I get the privilege of sitting down with another Yog, a Yarra Old Grammarian. We trace back through a little of their journey at school and then we start to explore what's been going on in their life after Yarra and we have some great conversations and today is no exception. Looking forward to and I'm thrilled to be able to present to you the next episode, the next conversation of Inspired by Yarra. I know you're going to enjoy it. Welcome back to another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And today I'm delighted to be joined by Dr. Chris Files from the class of 1971. Dr. Files, thank you for being with us. Pleasure. It's great to have you back here. And in fact, we're recording this uh, here at Yarra Valley Grammar. Um, Chris, I wonder if you could share with us a reflection of what do you recall the school to be like back uh, in your time here as a student? Well, small and dry. <laughs> um, we emigrated from England in 67 in September and my brother and I joined the school for that last term and uh, I would have gone into the equivalent of year eight, so we called it Form 2. And one of my earliest memories was going to the uniform shop with my mother and my brother. And in Australia, everybody wears shorts because it's hot and we are entering into the hottest term of the year. Because back in England, the, I was used to wearing long pants because I was grown up. I was 14. So, oh, no, you wear shorts. So we, we went to school, first day at school, in these very baggy, daggy-looking shorts and I think we were the only two boys in the school wearing shorts. Oh. So we sort of stood out. <laughs> and, uh, with, and we were pale and with very strong English accents. And there was only a couple of other English boys in the school at the time. So it was all, and we didn't know anybody. Mm. And we got the, we lived in Healesville. So we got this rickety old school bus that took us to school. And there was a boy that was, assigned to me to look after me, a fellow called Andrew Warner, and he was my like my bodyguard. And I have very strong memory of the very first class, and it was held in the science lab, but it wasn't science. It was, I think, religious instruction by the Reverend Moni, and it was mayhem. The, the boys that had fun were at the back of the science lab turning the gas taps on and spraying each other with water and I was sitting at the front with Andrew Warner who was a very upstanding um, young boy and I was looking around thinking I've just come from a school in England which was like being in the army very strict and now you're in the zoo and I'm in the zoo and I thought what is this (laughs) and then just quickly the next class was geography in the art room and there I met the wonderful Norman Maggs. Ah. And Norman, with his booming Welsh voice, he took us under his wing and I felt at home in that second class. Wonderful. Because Norman was just wonderful bloke. Isn't that terrific? Yeah. And so that, they're, my very, they're my very first memories of this school. I dry because it was summer and I couldn't believe there was no green. Hot. Yes. We had to walk to the bus stop. Flies. Hot. 
Yes. And, and the school was very Spartan. It was just the junior school. And, and a heat that you weren't used to no, either. not at all. No. And, and conditions and, and you thought you were coming in and shorts would make sense and yet you stood out like a, uh, a sore thumb. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and Mr Pascoe was headmaster. Mm-hmm. And when Mum and I went for an interview with Mr Pascoe, we walked out of the interview and I said to Mum, did you understand a word that he said? And Mum said, nope. <laughs> we, we knew that Australians spoke English, but we could not understand the language. The accent? No. Wow. Quite foreign. Right. That's another memory. Interesting, interesting. <laughs> yes. So in, from those early days, and, and look, school has changed a lot and, and we it would uh, anticipate that as... Students come, whether it be mid-year or the beginning of a new year, there is um, effort made to welcome them and to include them. And from those early years, do you recall a particular place at the school that that holds fond memories? Was it outside the principal's office, dare I say? Did you spend too long out there? Was it on the sporting fields? Was yeah, it in the CAF? I'll tell you exactly where it was, the cricket field. Okay, yeah. Because uh, back in England, I was a very keen cricketer and I could bowl a bit. And once it was realised, and the, the wonderful Kel Emmett was the cricket coach at the time, very accomplished player himself, but he could see that this little pommy guy could actually bowl as mm-hmm. a left-arm bowler. And as soon as it was clear that I could be some use in the cricket team, suddenly I was accepted and I was looked at very differently. Yes. So that's the first thing. It, it, sport opens doors. And yeah. um, suddenly there were boys coming up to me who probably wouldn't have even looked at me yeah. once they'd seen that I could play a bit. Yeah. They were interested. So they embraced you once, yes. once they saw that you could contribute. Yes. yes. It, and it was on the sporting field because I was definitely not academic. Okay, right. I was just a very middle-of-the-road student academically but loved cricket and, and that was the gateway to um, Acceptance. Interesting. Yarra, yeah. we'll, we'll talk some more about your academic uh, sure. pursuits and prowess in a little while, but I just want you to consider, can you take us back, what, what was your finest hour out here on the uh, cricket turf? Was it turf wickets? Was it, oh, uh, turf, yeah. Uh, out yeah. on the turf? We just joined the AGS, the mm-hmm. Associated Grammar Schools. Do you remember a particular match where you with the ball or maybe, maybe you showed something with a bat on one particular occasion? Um, I wasn't a good batsman. I was usually... Nine, ten, or Jack. Right. <laughs> I was principally opening bowler. Oh, I, I, taking some wing. I don't have any particular memories there, except with the cricket thing. Um, when we left school, there was a group of teachers, parents, and schoolboys who we were just finished year twelve, and we formed a, a Yarra Valley cricket side, and we entered the Ringwood District Comp. Right. So we had four years of playing in the Ringwood District Comp, so with teachers, parents and other students. So that was fantastic. That's a, uh, a good community feel to it. Yeah. Um, and, and they still talk today about the Yarra spirit, and I think it's got something to do with developing the community, and, and in those days the, the staff could rely on the students to, you know, and and I dare say that perhaps you were involved in some maintenance along the way, you know, did you have to push the tractor out or, or the car out of the bog one day or was there more um, wearing this as a community as opposed to now we have the students, they do their bit and the staff do their bit and the grounds guys do their bit. Was it a bit more kind of we're all in it together? Because you were here in the very early days. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, the fact that we lived in Healesville and the schools in Ringwood, 
we would come to school and then go home. Yes. Um, but there was a sense of togetherness because we were so small. Yes. Because there was only 35 of us in Year 12. Right, yes. And the teachers were new. There was a sense of, I guess, looking back, excitement. But when you're a schoolboy, mm. it's school. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, looking at Yarra through the eyes of a 15, 16, 17-year-old, 17-year-old it's all about going to class, tests, exams, yes. having fun, mates, parties later. Yep. I, I, I didn't get a huge sense of community back then. Okay, yep. To yep. be f- No, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, it was really come to school and go home. But, yes. Uh, I hope that answers your question. No, that, that, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So tell me then a little bit about your academic foundation. Um you now are a, a, a general practitioner, yep. you're, you're a doctor yep. and still practising today, so yep. there must be a little bit of uh, know-how there for you to have been able to pursue a medical uh, All right, career. Well, okay, just very briefly, there was a limited choice of subjects at Yarra back in the 60s. In fact, in year 12, I did French because there was no biology. So I, I did physics, chemistry, maths, English and French. There were two of us in the French class, taught by an Australian. And um, I would have done biology, but it wasn't available. But the problem academically for me in year 12 was that because I emigrated, I was one of the first boys in the school to get his driving licence. Because I turned 18 you are older in than most. February. Right. And so... When I got my driving licence, I was suddenly the school taxi. <laughs> so we, we partied hard and uh, had a great time, but I, I got very modest results in Year 12. I did find it difficult. I, 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 as I said, I, I wasn't academic. I maths and physics classes got a lot of extra tuition. Mr Les Christie was our mm-hmm. science teacher, and we used to come in and have Saturday afternoon classes for people that needed extra tuition. So... I can remember the teachers were really dedicated to help us mm. get through. Yes. And so um, I think Les Christie to this day would say that I was a late developer. <laughs> so once I got to uni, I got, I got the marks to get into science. And then I, over the four years of science, it became clear to me that I was getting closer to what I wanted to do. I'd always wanted to do medicine, but it took me a while to realise I had to get my head down and work a bit hard to get the marks because he yes. got our pretty high marks. Sure, it? sure. So it took four years at Monash to then, after four years, swap over to second year med. Right. But by that stage, I was doing subjects I liked. It was easier to study. I'd grown up a bit. Mm. And um, after once I got in, I just loved it. Yeah, okay. And once you're passionate about it? That's it. I don't think people think doctors have to be brain boxes. I don't think you do. I told this to the kids at the careers day that um i think once you you yeah as you say have a passion and you know that's what you want to do mm. it, it's easy mm. and i feel sorry for a lot of kids that just don't know what they want to do and no. a couple of my own kids have been like that however you didn't come to that realization until after you'd left school yes and so and as you say a, a late developer or i was or relieved to pass vce yeah okay or the trick we used to call it i was over the moon that i'd passed yeah because sure. i really thought i might have Flunked a couple of subjects. Yes. That was a word we used to use then, flunked. Flunked. Yeah, fail. <laughs> but uh, I got my best mark was English, believe it or not. I got an A for English and the rest were just C's and D's. And how would you go in French? 
D. Yeah, struggled in French, I dare say. 59%, I think. <laughs> well, I didn't mind it, but with due respect to the teacher, it wasn't really very inspiring. No, and with only two in the class, yeah, that's tricky too. So, but um, anyway, but yeah, once you have a, a passion for doing something um, and you're on the road, it's easy then. Yeah. But I don't think, as I said earlier, you don't have to be a, a brain box. I, yeah. I used to think that people who did engineering, you know, or IT, I thought those guys were yeah. so clever. Yes. Whereas in medicine, a lot of it is common sense. A lot of it's just keeping up with it all. Yep. And a lot of it's quite logical, really. Mm-hmm. Which I dare say the engineers, the IT gurus, they might look at medicine and, and say, you know, I couldn't possibly do they that. They do. Yeah, that's they right. Do. That's right. But it's basically looking after people. Yes. I mean, the medicine's important, but it, general practice especially is patient care, really, patient management. Sure, sure. Um might be easy to diagnose and the difficult bit is how to manage it yes. then, yep. what yep. to do about it. Because because the books or your knowledge tells you one thing but you're dealing with an individual patient in front of you and helping them to come to grips with this is what's happening and this is how I suggest we treat it. Everybody's different. That's so right, you yes. You get some real surprises. Sure, sure. What's your understanding of success? What does success look like to you? Wow. Well, okay. I, I, a success. Being able to sleep straight in bed at night, not lie there worrying about things. I think balance, um, sport, as I've mentioned, I think is vital. Mm. It just opens doors, as we've discussed. But, um, and it it's, can be a passion. It gives you something to look forward to. Because, mm. you know, every work, everybody that works has days where they'd rather not be there. But if you've got something to look forward to, it makes it a lot easier. Mm. I think a happy marriage is also vital if you can manage that. I'm very fortunate that I'm in a very happy marriage. I got married at 31, so didn't find the right person until then. But it's just been wonderful. It still is. And I'm very lucky we've got three kids and I'm I'm comfortable. So success. I think to feel... um, with your work especially, to feel like you've made a mark, that you've mm-hmm. helped people, that's my thing. Um, I'd like to think there are people out there that are grateful that I've helped them in some way in their life. Well, I know there are. I'm sure there are. Because I've been in the area 34 years now and I, I get threats not to retire. Don't go which anywhere. Is, yes. Which is very um, flattering. Sure. Um, and that's going to be very hard because I'm 64 now and... Uh, you know, I'm looking to ease off gradually over the next four or five years, mm. but uh, it's going to be difficult. Mm. So success, I think um, success in work, um, contentment, yes, feeling relaxed, not feeling anxious, feeling happy. But, li- I mean, life tosses up all sorts of uh, challenges. It certainly does. It, it, nobody has a stress-free life. No. But um, I think if you've got a good partner, that makes a huge difference. Sure, sure. Because my father would always say that, that your family will always be there. When others aren't, your family will be there for you. And we all get, as I said, challenges in our life. And if you've got a solid partner, gee, it makes a huge difference. Yes. 
you left school, you studied science for four years, yep. and then you were able to, you were admitted into the... Swapped over to second year yep. medicine. Yeah. Which meant how many more years of... of five. So another five. So yeah. that's nine years. Yeah. Nine years at university. Yeah. And then from there, where did you set up practice? Were you out there straight away working with patients or what happens well, next? Well, yeah, you're, you're required to do at least one hospital year as an intern or resident. And where did you do that? Alfred, mm-hmm. which was... Fantastic, great hospital. So I was there for two years. Okay. And then I joined my father, who was already, he was a general practitioner as well. Yeah. In Chernside Park, so I joined him and his practice. I thought about specialising, but then sort against it. And you're pleased with that decision? Very. Terrific. Yeah, I've got many specialist friends and already a couple of them retired. They're a bit burnt out. Because it's too much the same? Some of it is, okay. yep. Operating. Right, um, yeah. How many total hips do you need to do? Yes. Um, yeah, a, a, a few of them have got a bit burnt out, whereas in general practice you just don't know what's going to walk in the door. Sure. And you talked before about balance yes. and, and your choice of profession and, and staying in general practice. Does that help to add to the balance? Because you'd, you'd, the, every day could be a surprise. As well as that, you've talked about sport and that helps you keep some balance. Yep. How do you, how do you stay fit these days? Golf. Playing golf? Yeah. Is that because you are not very good at golf and so you got to do a fair bit of walking? <laughs> very good. Uh, you mean army golf, left, right, left, right. Um, no, I've, I've, I've been playing regularly now. For tw- I was a cricketer for 40 years. I, mm. I was, I'm a life member at Monash Uni Cricket Club. And uh, once I retired from cricket, I took up golf because I needed a ball sport. Yeah. And um, it's a good walk. Yeah. Some would say spoilt by golf. Um <laughs> I walk occasionally, but I can't run anymore. Um, can't play tennis anymore. So it's been golf's my exercise. Sure. Now, sure, excellent. Yeah. And and family, you've got three children. Yep. And uh, are they local? Do they? Yep. Do you get to have contact with them still? Oh yeah, a lot. Yeah, Tom, my son's thirty-two. He came to Yarra. He was here from year um, seven to year twelve. Uh-huh. And I got two daughters. They both went to Tintern. Yes. They're all out there working now. Terrific. So we see them quite a bit. They're all still living locally. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, Chris, uh, school has a big impact on our character development. Yes. And uh, and the way we grow up. And and I wonder, how would you describe the bigger picture of life and how Yarra may have impacted that for you? Well, okay. Um, Given it was such a small school... I'm proud to say that I still keep in pretty close contact with quite a few Yarra guys. Um, there would be four or five who I see quite a few times each year. And then we, we have reunions. We had one last year, just met at a pub in town somewhere, and there was about 20 of us there. And there is this same um, feeling. Mm. I, I, I look back and I'm, I'm so grateful that... I made such good, solid friends here. We were all boys' school then. Yes. Uh, well, that's relevant or not, but um, I, there, there seem, I don't know whether this is peculiar to Yarra Valley, but there does seem to be something about the people I met at Yarra Valley. There's a certain ilk, if that's the right word. Mm. Um, and when we have the reunions, it's, it's just like yesterday. Right, yes. I mean, people don't really change that much they do physically but yeah they're 
the yeah, core the mannerisms is and still the, there. Yes. And so we're always pleased to see one another and it's always, you know, frightfully jolly. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I feel, look, it, it, was, it was wonderful coming here because it was small and uh, I was accepted and made some great friends, very happy memories. And, you know, the, the nine years at uni, I, I tell people it's, they're the, some of the best years of your life. Okay, you know? you, yes. You're footloose and fancy free. It, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. As long as you keep up with the work. That's right, yes. Yeah. And again, it's finding that balance, isn't yeah. it? Does that answer your question? Yeah, I might have veered no, off absolutely. a bit there. That's, that's good. That's good. I wonder, can, can you, and I can't, but I wonder whether you can, um, can you name it? Like what is it that you said that there's something similar about Yarra that, that has injected something into the, the students who came here and they've still got it, there's something at their core, whether it's a spirit that's about them or is it a... Uh, yeah, what, what's the word that you would, or, or a description of what makes a Yarra person a Yarra person? Um, they're generally friendly. I, I find they're modest. Uh, a lot of them have been successful, but you wouldn't know that. They're open. Um, oh, gee, that's a tough question. I, I, I I'm struggling to think of a word. You mentioned the word spirit. There is something about it when you get together with your Yarra mates from all those years ago. There is there is a vibe there. It's <laughs> a good word. It's the vibe. A vibe. There is a vibe there. You feel relaxed. There's a lot of laughs, a lot of memories. Um, I, whether it's because we all started off year dot. And it was all very new and exciting. I don't know if it would be any different if the school had already been established. I'll never know that. No, no, that's right. But my son finds the same thing. He still keeps in contact with quite a few of his Yarra mates. Yes. And there seems to be, they've been to our place and they they treat me in the same way. I feel very comfortable with my son's friends. There's that same humour, that same, should I say quite, I'm not sure what word I want to describe it, but... I, know, I, I see the same thing with my son's vintage. Yes. There's something special there, isn't there? There is. I think there is. Yes. Yeah. And, I, I and, and is. to be fair, we, we have spoken to a number of people here on this show and, and they've, they've all got something. They know that there's something that keeps them connected and even after time has passed, they can still engage with each other and there's still that something that's there for them mm. and no one yet really can name it. Well, I, I can't be the first to come up with that magic word. Paul. No, okay. Well, I will keep asking. I'll think about it. <laughs> I, I, one day I might ring you at four in the morning and say, I've got it. I'll be up. <laughs> All right. We, um, we have a, a school motto, Lavavi Oculus. Yes. To lift up my eyes. Yes. And I wonder if you can talk that around a little bit. What does that mean to you? Um, no boundaries. You're capable of doing anything if you want to, if you're passionate enough about it. Um. I think my example was that although I didn't, I wasn't terrific academically here, once I'd grown up a bit and I realised that what I wanted was not going to be easy, I thought, right, so one of the first things I did was when I was doing my science years, I would make appointments with some of the professors at Monash, just ring them up and say, can I come and see you? And I'd take my sandwich and my milkshake along and we'd just have a chat, just the two of us. And I'd tell them about what I wanted to do and how keen I was to get to med school. And and I suppose that was just looking 
beyond the square, as it were, outside the square, maybe you'd call it nepotism. I don't know. Whether it had any impact or whether I got in, I'll, I'll never know. No. But I think that expanded my horizon. I wanted to be seen as a person, not just a number. Yep. So I'd say the Lavavi Oculus thing is don't feel that just because you haven't got the marks, there are other ways you can embrace the situation. Yes. So look beyond that, I yep. guess. That's yep. how I see it. And, and look, I, I think that that's a message for today very much, that so much attention seems to be wrapped up in a number, a, a mark, a, a grade. Yes. Where we, in terms of teaching and educating a well-rounded student, would be about there's always another way. There are pathways that you can explore and open up. We don't know the whole pathway yet, but let's just take the next step. Get in and, like, for instance, get into your tertiary. If, if, you, if you don't want to do a trade, mm-hmm. or you don't want to go and work in your dad's business, if you, you get into the college or the uni or the TAFE or whatever it is, and then other doors open. That's right, yes. It doesn't end at school. I mean, yes. look, school gives you the, the building blocks, but after that... But, uh, yeah, school gives you a grounding, and if you teach the students here that... Um, it doesn't just stop at school. We're, we're giving you the tools to expand yourself, yes, look yes. upwards. That's right, absolutely. If that's what you're doing, then that's... Um, we might be doing that, something that's right. remarkable. Yes. Um, it strikes me that you had incredible initiative to go and, and reach out to those professors at, at uni yeah, and to, to contact and, and some maybe some boldness there to, to seek, yeah. seek out these mentors. And I wonder if there's any guidance or advice that they may have offered that you resonate with still today. Was there something that somebody said or is there maybe even advice that your own family gave you? Or I can give you, one, I can give you a perfect example. Uh, this was fourth year science, which is an honours year. It's mainly laboratory based because it's grooming you to maybe go into scientific research. We were having lunch one day in one of the labs and there was a visiting professor from Canada. His name was David Carmichael. And we were sitting having lunch, just in the lab, sitting on the benches, and and this guy said to me, well, Chris, what are you going to do next year? And I said, oh, I don't know. Um, I might go on to a master's and maybe get into research. And he just looked at me and said, why would you want to do that? I said, oh, well, I said, look, it's too. It's very hard to get into med school, and um, I'm 23 now, and uh, you know maybe I left it a bit late. And he just gave me the rounds of the kitchen. He said, "What are you talking about?" And he just gave me this biggest ear bashing. Don't be so bloody stupid. You don't want to be working in a lab. You need to be with people. You need to be out there doing what your dad does. That's what you're. 23, bloody hell, you're a baby. Oh, he gave it to me. Wow. And I, that, I've never forgotten that. Clearly. And I walked out of there thinking, oh, maybe he's right. And so I remember that so clearly. And whether that was a factor in getting me off my rear and going and making appointments with professors and mm. doing all that other stuff, mm. maybe that was a catalyst mm. but I've remembered it so it must have had an impact on me because at 23 you think you're pretty old but you're not absolutely and now I look back yes as a 64 year old and I think god you are a baby yeah you know, that's I, right yeah you know and, and again nowadays with with vocations there's any number of things people can do out there now sure it's, it's sure. limitless really and in fact 
more than one thing. You know, a career isn't just in one way now. You know, Not often, now. you know, Not we, we diverge and we change. And What's the average? The average... Person today has about six different that's right. jobs, and, and, and not just yeah. different jobs, different careers. Yeah. You know, in totally different fields, it's it's extraordinary uh, the change and the the willingness for people to pivot into new areas now mm. is uh, you know it, it keeps it exciting, it keeps it fresh, it's uh, it's great. Whereas you know traditionally, in my generation, you, you get into a job and you just do that. That's what I've done. Yes, and that was my dad's generation too. That that was you know he he walked in in the mail room. That's where he started, and he. You know, 45, 48 years later, and he was still in the same same organisation. Yeah. Uh, it, times have changed. They have. Yes, yes. Um, your memory, and you mentioned um, part of your work requires you to have good memory. You know, you've got to be able to recall and keep up to date with the latest um, findings in a particular um, area, the, uh, the, the latest practices around how do you treat such and such, but then you've got to tamper that or temper that with the person who you see in front of you? To a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, look, um, medicine's moving uh, breakneck speed. However, it's mainly specialised areas. Right. Now, in general practice, people don't change. Okay. The people have the same fears, worries, concerns, and it's relationships, and it's anxiety, and it's depression, and it's worries. And... Um, so you don't, as a GP, I don't feel the need to be um, up to date with the latest cancer drug or the latest treatment for this or that because I'm not usually involved in that. We're, we're the, we see people that come in with undifferentiated problems. They might have a list of 10 different symptoms, completely unrelated. Now, again, um, you don't have to be up with all the latest journals to do that. General practice is quite different. Mm. It's um, you're at the coal face, so mm. to speak. Mm. You're the first port of call for all sorts of things, and so I don't spend a lot of time reading highbrow journals. Mm-hmm. I don't because it's not necessary. No, I go. We're required to keep our continuing medical education up, so I might attend a a, a day refresher course in town somewhere, and you have a number of speakers and hopefully it's relevant to general practice but as as you, you do this work over years you, you sort of I don't know seem to learn less and less really right. it, 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 no, what I mean is at, at these update courses yes. yes because as I said earlier um, people don't change uh-huh. yes you know I think the most valuable thing you can do as a general practitioner is listen yeah care for people be sympathetic be kind. That's what people want. Mm, mm. And I will refer them off to the best specialist. My father always used to say to me, Chris, surround yourself with good people. Mm-hmm. And I've done that. I know good specialists who I know that if I send my patient to that specialist, they'll be looked after in the same way. The person comes back, they're very grateful because they like that specialist. They're not all the same. Yep. So that's the core of general practice. Yeah, it's yeah. not... Keeping up to date with all the latest trends in medicine. Sure, some beautiful foundation principles there um, in for any profession. The way we ought to treat people and, and care for people and be kind to people. Don't judge. Yes, you know, people walk into your room. I could have a little old lady of eighty years old. I can have a teenager. I can have a bloke come off his bike with tats and a goatee, and you've got a 
treat them all the same initially mm. with respect and mm. shake their hand and how do you do, mm. but they all need a different approach. Yes, yes. Fascinating. And in my room I've got all sorts of little knickknacks and football stuff and golf stuff and cricket stuff on the wall, so I like to feel that when they walk in I'm a normal person. Yes, that's right. I try yes. and make it as less clinical as possible. Terrific. And people do notice that. Sure. Breaks, breaks the ice. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's terrific. Yeah, anyway, we've, we've probably veered off the subject No, again. no, it's, it's good, it's good. Um, what's a book or a documentary that you think people really are missing out if they don't experience it? Goodness me. <laughs> I'll be frank with you. I don't read a lot of books. I listen to music. I've taken up playing piano again. I do read the odd medical journal, but I only read books on holidays, mm-hmm. and they're normally biographies okay. about people yep. or maybe the, the standard murder mystery stuff. But, yeah, as I said earlier, I'm, I'm not an academic person. I um, a, a book, oh, no, I'm, I'd have difficulty answering That's that. That's okay. Is there an experience that you think everybody should have once in their life? Um, I think watching your wife have your child is pretty <laughs> that that's out there. Mm, mm. Um, that's quite an interesting experience. Yes, having children. And by that stage, did you. you know too much in no. terms of uh, what was going on medically and no, physically for her? Made sure I stayed right. I was the partner. I was the husband. Yeah. I was at the head end, yeah. mopping my wife's brow <laughs> and receiving all the insults. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. And and we could never do it. Um, how do you mean? We we couldn't take their place. No, you mean we as males? We as the males. Oh no, 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 no! It, it's very it's a very grounding experience. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, I think that that's in any of our lives. That's got to be one of the highlights. Yeah, very much, very yeah. much. No, and of course, good... the the other end experience. Most of my parents have passed on now, and I think that's another. Um, very grounding experience seeing your parents pass on that you've you've known yes. all your life. Yes, uh, and friends. I've had a few go over the years. Yeah. Um, documentary. Again, I I watch sport documentaries. Love watching, yeah, football, cricket, golf documentaries. Yeah. If I'm flicking, oh, I, I look with the wonderful internet we've got now and, and all the choices we've got on the television, mm. I'm quite happy to watch um, travel logs and uh, history about how they built the pyramids. And I'm, I'm interested in all that, but nothing, in, not any one thing in particular. Sure. sure. Very general. Yeah. Yeah. No, very, that's very lowbrow stuff. That's no, that's good. It's <laughs> keep it real. Let's keep, keep it real. That's it. <laughs> that's great. That's really good. Um, I wonder uh, whether, in terms of balance, is there something that people wouldn't necessarily know about you that uh, might surprise them if they learnt about you? Whether it's a, a secret talent you have for art, or maybe you're a you're a writer, or maybe you're uh, an expert on something that is a little unusual, perhaps. One of my friends asked me the other day um, we, uh, about one of the quiz shows on telly, and he said, "What?" If you were on this special subject, what would your special subject be? And I just looked and I said, I haven't got one. Okay. Uh, maybe back in the 60s when I was totally immersed in the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and all the 60s music, I knew a lot about that then, who the bass guitarist for 
Jethro Toll was or something like that. But nowadays, no, I, at Secret Town, no, um, I, I see myself as a pretty simple, normal sort of person. I, I think that a lot of people view doctors as people that are quite different. And, and I say to people, hey, look, we're all pink inside, you know. <laughs> and people that have known me for years when I was a student, they know damn well that I'm just a normal person. But, but people do treat you differently. Mm. But I, I make an effort not to be different. I, I make an effort to be as, as normal as possible. Mm. Mm. No pretensions. I don't like pretentiousness. Uh-huh. I never use the doctor thing as a way, a, a, a one-upmanship thing ever yes I, I just do not I, I really detest that some of your colleagues do absolutely mm. they love it and that yes but I'm not like that no, no. I like as I said earlier in this interview uh, I like the simple things in life I'm a very normal simple person yeah. on the golf course I'm one of the boys and uh, when I'm at work I, I try and keep it light I try and make people feel it at ease, I crack jokes. I, I try and keep the the mood light if I can. Sometimes, of course, you can, yes. but most of the time, because people are usually pretty scared mm-hmm. coming to the doctor. They they, they, don't, they don't really like want to be there, do no. they? No, no, I don't usually come to the doctor. I hate doctors. <laughs> don't take it personally. No, I won't take it personally. I have heard that before. Ah, oh, I hear it <laughs> most days. Uh-huh. Um, does that answer your question? Yeah, it's good. Um, it's good, yeah. Yeah, I hope it does. Uh, Dr Chris Files. Yes. Class of 1971. Yes. What's working well for you now? What's a little success, a little a little 30-second brag, something that you're pretty proud of that you're either working on now or something that's about to be? I've, I've, okay, I've taken up piano lessons again. Terrific. Um Started piano lessons when I was at boarding school as about a, a nine-year-old. Hated it, just playing scales all day and getting wrapped on the knuckles if you got them wrong. And then took it up for a few years, a few years ago, left it out. And then recently when my father passed away, he was a very accomplished pianist and he had this wonderful um, Steinway piano upright. So I've inherited that and I thought, well, I can't have that sitting gathering dust in my house. So I found this wonderful teacher in Croydon and on Tuesdays I leave work 12.30, I go to my lesson at one o'clock for half an hour and I'm just loving the fact that I'm learning now at last at 64 stuff about music I never knew and starting to play some tunes that actually sound like (laughs) what they're supposed to sound like. So I'm really enjoying that. And I'm really, I'm also enjoying getting better at golf too. That's a that's a sporting challenge. Taking it up late in life when you haven't been playing as a child, and getting rid of bad habits and having a good round. That that's just such a satisfying thing mm. for me now. What a joy that is. Yeah. yeah. So that my music and sport, and I'm again, I'm very fortunate that I still enjoy my work. I go to work in the morning with a positive attitude. I I I, I love the staff I work with. And my patients, and some of them, as I said, I've known for over thirty years, sometimes four generations. Mm-hmm. So I, and I'm again very happy in my marriage, and my kids are great. So great friends, a lot of them from Yarra, of course. Um, so really, 
I don't want to sound smug, but life's pretty good yeah, at the moment, yeah. and I hope it continues. That's too right. Because you don't know what's around the corner. That's right. Especially in my work. Yeah. You, some people get dealt a very bad hand and uh, got no control over it. Mm. So this stage of life, just got to suck it up and um, say yes to things mm-hmm. like this. And <laughs> yeah, good on you. Um, yeah, I think that the feeling that you've got something to offer because... You know, I've often said to my wife, oh, I just oh, I go to work, I listen to people, and I, you know, I didn't see anything really interesting today. Uh, she says, no, but, you know, you, you, you help people. People hopefully walk out of your room feeling better than they did when they walked in or more reassured. Mm. You know, I think we shortchange ourselves a bit. So sometimes I have to sit and think, no, Chris, maybe you have something to offer, maybe you have... Been useful. <laughs> I, I dare say you do. Can I dare I, say is that you the do. Right That's beautiful. Absolutely. Yeah. It's terrific. Um, with your, I'm intrigued by your going back to learn piano. Yes. And the discipline that that requires. Yes. Uh, having had perhaps some negative experiences early on, and yeah. you know, and and there's the drudgery of the scales and oh. getting you wrap over the knuckles and and so on. But I wonder whether in a mit- in the midst of your learning now, do you go? Do you make mistakes when you're playing? And oh. how do you deal with the mistakes? Oh, everybody makes mistakes. Same as on the golf course, we all make mistakes. Mm. Schoolboy errors, I call them. Um, but oh hell, do you know we don't know. When I go to my lesson, I'm driving there and I feel nervous. I get butterflies. I feel ner- and I sit there with Rachel, my teacher. And I say to her, oh, this is crazy. I'm a grown man and this is recreation and I'm nervous. And she says, don't worry about it. Yeah. Most people are. And she's never wrapped you over the knuckles no, once. No, she wouldn't do that. <laughs> she, she says, no, look, just relax. Just we'll have a chat. Just play anything you want. Just, yeah. or, uh, um, she's, very, she's very relaxed and she makes me feel very comfortable. But um, mistakes, oh, yeah. Uh, I, she says, well, how are you going with this piece? I say, okay, I've been practising it all week. I, I can play it at home, no problem. And I go, clunk, and it sounds dreadful, and I'm playing wrong notes, and I go, oh, this is so embarrassing. She says, it's normal. Right. Don't worry about it. Uh-huh. She says, I do too, and I do it as a profession. So don't worry about it. And I dare say that like you and, and the people who walk into your uh, rooms yep. at work, they come in and, and they're worried about this or worried about that, and you've seen all that before. Yep. Equally, when you go into your piano teacher and you feel this and you feel that, she's she's seen it all before. Absolutely. Yes. And yes. as soon as she says it, I go, of course you have. That's yeah, right. I'm not the first to do that. I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> right. Yes. So, yes, it's like being, well, it's being a student again. Mm. Mm. And so I'm not embarrassed about making mistakes now because of her attitude. I'm not sitting in the exam. I don't intend to. I am doing it purely for relaxation. I find it very relaxing and uh, uh, and very enjoyable. Do you find yourself singing along? Can't sing for nuts. No, <laughs> definitely not. No, that's something I can't do. I remember I've had another flashback. We had a school choir here at Yarra, and there are about 20 of us in Miss Mrs. Huddett's. Her name was June Huddett. She was our music teacher. And... She'd be playing the piano and we'd be singing and she'd stop and she'd say, there's someone in this choir that's flat. And guess who it was? So I got to go and 
do something else for the <laughs> choir practice. <laughs> I just remembered that. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mind because I can't see. Happy not to be there anyway. But uh, mm, Yeah, probably. Sure, sure. So you didn't excel in uh, in, in singing. S- singing, no. <laughs> no. But music was good at Yarra. It, it, you know, we, we were allowed to bring records to school and there was a music room and they had a hi-fi turntable with decent speakers. Tell us what a record is. There'll be people who are listening to oh, this who may not vinyl. know what a record is. Vinyl, 33 and a third. <laughs> um, well, they're coming back into vogue. Most of the uh-huh. young people listening to this would know. Call it vinyl, we call them records. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so music was big at Yarra. Most of us enjoyed the music of the time and lunchtime we go in the music, we were allowed to, in the music room we put on Iron Butterfly or Led Zeppelin, whatever yeah, it was, and yeah. have it racked up and have our lunch having our ears blasted. <laughs> um, yeah, quite a few of the kids played instruments here too. Um, yeah. I think that... It's terrific. Yeah. That's terrific. Mm. It's, they're good memories. They are. Good flashbacks. Yeah, they are. Yeah, you Your you're recollection... Stirring up a few. Recollection of your time at Yarra seems pretty positive. Very. Look, um, I had a very happy time here. And, and as I've said earlier, made some great friends that I still see 40 years later. Mm. And, and and we've got a very close bond. There's, there's three guys in particular who I see a lot of. We go on holiday together for uh, our four families have done for over 25 years, go up to Murray for a, a week after Easter. That's uh, Tim Yule and Richard Nicholas and Ian Craven. And uh, we just get on famously and our wives and all the kids have grown up together. Uh, it's just fabulous. And mm. um, we, we all get together for Cup Day. That's another big day of the year. We had them all at our place a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, 30-odd people. And it, we just get on so well and... Uh, so, yeah, I've got great memories of Yarra Valley. I really do. It's a special place. And, um, yeah, I, I know that there are people out there that hated school. And as I've said to you before a number of times now, I, I wasn't that academic, but I still enjoyed school. And I was glad to pass and finish and then move on. Mm. But there's a certain, driving here today, there was a, you get a certain pang. I, try, I, I walk through the junior school, although it's a lot different now. Mm. Um, you, you, you do feel a sense of uh, belonging. Yes. And I, I've uh, with Rod Penaluna, the um, the um, what's his official title? The I think uh, is it the um, past pr- students, past students, or the president of the Yarra Algramarians? Yeah. yeah, Rod's a great guy, and yes. uh, you know, for years I played in the cricket match that they had yeah. the past students with the present and and my very good friends Richard Nicholas and Nick Brook who are still on the mm. board and they've got the sports complex named after them so we go to the balls the Yarra Valley dances and balls and things we all come along to those terrific yes so although I haven't I got invited to be on the board some years ago but I already I had a bit on the plate at the time and I, I rejected it mm. I don't regret that, I, I, uh, but I, I still like to contribute in some way, like the careers thing and this, mm. and attend some of the functions. And yes. I think you've got a wonderful principal here at the moment, Mark's yeah. uh, a terrific bloke. Yeah. Oh, I'm playing the, the Yarra Golf Day, of course. That's, mm. that's a must. That's a, that, that's a, a good definite. fun outing. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So I'm, I'm keeping in touch. Dr. Chris Fields, uh, I beg your pardon, That's Dr. Right. Chris Files. I heard them all. Don't worry. <laughs> I'll answer to all of them. 
From the class of 1971, thank you so much for your time. Thanks oh. for sharing your wisdom and your life experience. Thank you. Um, this podcast is called Inspired by Yarra. Right. And it seems to me that uh, not only have you been inspired by Yarra, but as you continue to contribute back, you are an inspiration to people here and people from Yarra and our community who will listen to this. So we salute you and uh, give a very big hearty thanks for your time and uh, and your sharing the today. Well, it's very flattering, those words, uh, but it's been a pleasure, Paul. Thank you very much for your time as well. Terrific. And uh, we'll be back again next week with another episode of Inspired by Yarra. Well, that wraps up another episode of Inspired by Yarra. And I hope that you found this conversation interesting along with many others and many more to come. It's a thrill to continue to produce these podcasts for you to help build the connection between Yarra Ogramarians with one another and indeed with our current Yarra Valley Grammar community. Uh, Those who are currently staff, students, parents of this great school. If you in fact have got contact with or would like to hear one of your old classmates here as a featured guest on this uh, podcast then we'd love you to let us know and you can contact us via the community section uh, within the yvg.vic .edu.au website. Of course, if you go in there, you'll see more information about this podcast and and each episode has its own unique set of show notes that we've uh, drawn up and written up. If you want to know more information about today's guest, you can head on over there to the website and find out a little bit more. Also links there for great ways that you can stay in touch with the YOG community. I hope you will enjoy uh, sitting down with us again next episode where we'll get the opportunity to meet with another YOG community member. My name is Paul Joy and it's been a delight to spend this time with you. Thanks for tuning in. Share it, like it, continue to uh, subscribe to this podcast and we hope that uh, it continues to inspire you to make a positive impact in the world around you.